Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. What's up, everyone? I'm Dr. Christian Conti. Welcome to Emotional Management. Let me tell you a little bit about this show, what we're going to do on this show tonight, and what you can do. Look, I'm so grateful to KDKA Radio Jim Gracie. Look, Larry Richard is the reason why I'm even doing a show like this. We're, we're doing this show because we care. We want to hear from you. The reality is that we're all in almost shock right now. And there are people all throughout the world who are wondering, how do I deal with this? How do I get through my everyday? Maybe your everyday was going to work. Maybe your everyday was doing the errands that you normally did and living the life the way you normally led it. And now all of a sudden, everything is different. My wife talks frequently about recognizing the reality of our present situation and coming to terms with it, accepting it. I'm grateful, and honestly, I'm at home here tonight, and I'm broadcasting from my home, so I'm super grateful to welcome my wife to the show. My wife's Kristen Conti is a hypnotherapist, um, and we're going to sit together tonight to answer your calls, to answer your questions, whatever you're struggling with. In these moments, more than ever, we want you to know you're not alone. You are not alone. We're here with you. The reality is that sometimes being at home might sound, oh my goodness, I finally get to have time at home. But when you add in the factors of stresses about money, when you add in the factors of stresses about your future, the reality is that just being at home isn't enough to have people feel comfortable, secure, or at peace. And so if you're struggling tonight, now more than ever, I'd love for you to call in. Here's the number. Write this down. 866-391-1020. That's 866-391-1020. Look, I'm so grateful. I understand that people are listening to this show from all over the world. I, I hear from people frequently in different countries. I'm honored that people would tune in. Here's what I want to do tonight. If if you're in a spot where you're wondering, should I call? Should I call Dr. Conti and ask him a question? Please, yes. The answer is yes. We've got emails. We've got text messages. We're going to respond to a ton. But I want to talk to you. So whatever you're struggling with, whatever's going on inside, if you feel like, hey, listen, I want to reach out, but I don't know what to say, or I'm, I'm sorry, I don't want to say my name, be anonymous. You don't have to say your name. What I care about more than anything 
is that we make an actual change. If we can get you some reprieve, a sense of peace, that matters to me more than anything. 866-391-1020 is the number. So I've been talking to people, and tonight, like I said, my wife's going to join us uh, on the show tonight, and I'm really grateful for that. But I've been talking to people all over. Now, not only just in the uh, United States, but all over the world. And what I've seen is there is fear. There is fear. There are difficult emotions. And the reality is that whatever you're feeling right here, right now, you are not alone. And I want you to help you really come to terms with that. You're not alone. But that doesn't necessarily make it easy. I just, it, if it could take off the edge, that's wonderful. But here's the truth. We're going through something that is unprecedented, something that we've never experienced. This is a monumental event. And the question is, how are you moving through each moment? If you need help, if you're struggling, what I want you to know is you're not alone. So let's say that you're at home right now and you're struggling with anger, short fuses, well, we've got some questions we're going to dial in tonight that are going to talk about exactly that. Let's say that you're at home and you're struggling with things like, even to more extremes, like potential domestic violence. Well, you're not alone in that either. And I, I want you to reach out because I think what happens is we get to a point where we think no one could possibly be going through what I'm going through. No one could be understanding what I'm going through. But I think once you reach out, you'll see that you are not alone. You're not alone with what you're going through. There are a lot of people struggling in many ways. So whatever you're feeling, go ahead and reach out. 866-391-1020. Here's something that happened this week. Someone is reaching out and they said, hey man, I love your content. Is there any way that you could get a podcast out? And so for those of you who are just not aware, I want you to know I do have a podcast on iTunes called Emotional Management. I do one to two minute, uh, it's basically a one minute podcast. I, I tell a story and try to teach a lesson. So I want you to know that's available. I also want you to know that YouTube is one of the resources that I use to provide information to people. So if you go to YouTube and you type in Dr. Christian Conti, you're going to see videos. I had an opportunity to... Uh, interview the Secretary of Corrections, Secretary John Wetzel, uh, yesterday on my channel. So that's out there. But we're constantly seeking to give information to people. So again, if you're struggling, give us a call. 866-391-1020. I had someone, James, wrote in to me today and he said, look, I've been working hard at my job for over 20 years. And honestly, I'm just numb right now. I'm just numb. And James, you're not the only one who is numb. That doesn't necessarily make it easier, not in any way, shape, or form. But that's a really powerful statement. And it's something that I think people all throughout the world are experiencing. We're numb. Wait a minute. Is this the way life is going to be? Wait a minute. Is life ever going to go back to the way it was? Even when we get back to away from the social distancing, are we really going to look at each other and grab each other and give each other the hugs that we used to give each other? Or are we going to be left wondering, kind of almost scarred emotionally, wondering, can I get close to people ever again? 
And the truth is, when we're in extreme situations, our mind goes to extreme places and we start to think, is it really ever going to be the same? Maybe we don't know about the future. Maybe we don't know about what's going to be in the future, but we do know what it's going to be right here, right now. So together, let's get through it. Let's get through this moment together. 866-391-1020 is a number. I'm Dr. Christian Conti. This is Emotional Management on KDKA Radio. Welcome back to Emotional Management. I'm Dr. Christian Conti. It's your weekly checkup from the neck up. It's an opportunity for you to talk about what's going on inside of you. And tonight I get to welcome a special guest who made it all the way through the traffic down the steps past our dogs. And this is Kristen Conti. Kristen. Thank you for having me. Though I do feel like I might be your only choice. (laughs) (laughs) Since I'm broadcasting from home, I feel like she is my top choice to have for guests on this show. You know, as a certified hypnotherapist, I know that you're constantly dealing with people. You're calling and talking with clients. People are going through a lot. There's something that I thought that I would bring to everyone's attention. First, I want to give the number. Again, if you want to talk to us tonight, now more than ever, I think it's an important time to call in anything you're struggling with. 866-391-1020 is the number. So I talked to uh, Dr. Nish Gandhi. He's an awesome doctor. He, he specializes in pain management. He's a friend of the show. He's been on before. But one of the things that he told me about was this. He said, look, there are a lot of people out there who are, if you're starting to experience allergies, now think about this combination, having allergies, having anxiety slash fear, and all of a sudden you might start to think, am I having symptoms of the coronavirus? Which then fuels the anxiety, which makes you more short of breath. And that just kind of compounds. It's amazing how your mind can go quickly and want to match your body like that. It does. And I think that the the point that he made that is so important is this. So many of you out there, me, you, everyone out there, we still go through our normal pains. We still go through our normal struggles. But now because of the coronavirus... We are putting some of those things on the back burner. And I think when we see it like this, it, it helps us put it in perspective that it's not a, you don't have to downplay it. If you're struggling with something, you don't have to downplay that thinking, well, it's not Corona, so I, don't, I shouldn't be worried about that. Because there are a lot of people, a lot of you out there who are struggling with the stuff you were struggling with before all this mm-hmm. stuff hit. Yeah, but I think that's so important that there, you know, everybody before all of this happened had their own life, their own struggles, everybody had their own issues. And, and though this whole thing could have given us some perspective, you know, on, you know, what's important and what's not important to focus on, it's still, you know, those stressors, those stressors are still there. You know, like you still have bills to pay, you still have maybe health issues that were there before. But um, it is, it almost adds another layer because, you know, before, in addition to those normal things, you may have gotten a common cold and not been concerned about it. But now anybody that has symptoms, whether it's a common cold or allergies, now all of a sudden has this extra layer of anxiety added to that. 
you know, that is this just a common cold? Is this an allergy? Is this, you know, what is this? And so then the anxiety can magnify and then, you know, that affects your home space because you might be a little more agitated. Um, And you've always said that, you know, sometimes when people have anxiety that they can tend to lash out more because it feels better to be angry than anxious. It's true. And I think with so many people home, when you're home more and you're in a pressure cooker situation. So let's, let me just talk frankly about this. So I, I ran a mental health, I've specialized in working with people convicted of violent crimes for 20 years. I ran a mental health organization. I, I co-founded a center for people convicted of these violent crimes. Um, and what I found through the years is when people are in basically what we would say pressure cooker situations, when they're in situations where the stress is elevated, then the anger is going to rise. So I've what I've seen is, let's say someone's at home and they think, oh, great, on the outside, you think, well, oh, this person's home more. But the truth is, if that person's home and worried about money, worried about a job, worried about where the next meal's going to come from, it's not so easy and smooth to be at home. In fact, it's it actually can add a significant amount of tension. So what I want to do tonight is this. I want to talk about that. If you're in that spot, especially, especially if you're in that spot where you're struggling with that tension. So real quick, if we were to look at the, the, the cycle of violence, when it comes to domestic violence, I want to highlight this. So there are three parts to this cycle. So follow me on this. The first part is tension. In other words, you're at home, there's, there's more tension. You almost feel like you're walking on eggshells, left and right. And once you have enough tension, once you're walking on eggshells enough, as all of us know, we don't want to sit in that tension. So what do we do? We eventually explode. So it goes from tension to an explosion, but then after many people explode and they erupt in anger and violence in their loved ones, they're struck with that cognitive dissonance knowing that that it's not the right thing to do at all. And so once there's tension and there's an explosion, then come the apologies, then come the honeymoon period. Tension, explosion, honeymoon. As you know, and I do, as you live long enough, you understand that that honeymoon phase won't last forever, which means that we're going to get right back to that tension. Tension, explosion, honeymoon. And you always say, too, that with violence or domestic violence, I think some people might hear that, and they might be experiencing that, and some people might say, well, I'm experiencing that on a different level. It's not quite that extreme. But you say that violence always happens on a continuum. See, to me, I'm really grateful that you brought that up because it is a continuum. So I have had, for 21 years now in the field, I've had people reach out and say, well, mine's not that bad, so, mm. but yeah, yeah, there's no reason to say it's not. So if it's bad to you, it's bad. If it's dangerous to you, it's dangerous. If it's meaningful to you, it's meaningful. That's important to understand. And you've, you've said that before, too, that, you know, someone who maybe does the act of domestic violence or is a victim of it, there were signs and there were things up to it. It never just started on that day being the most explosive thing. So somewhere on the continuum, you might want to look for signs along the way. You know, maybe that, that, like you said, that lashing out and then the apology after. And the next time 
the lash out might be a little more significant or might be, you know, posturing and standing over someone. So you want to, if, if you're experiencing that on any level, you probably want to check and see where that person is on the continuum and knowing that you don't just start on the most extreme thing, you know, and, and make sure that you are assessing, like, is this person becoming, you know, more increasingly violent? You know, again, there's stressors. It's so intense. You want to make sure that you're highlighting and looking at those things to make sure that you're safe. So so here's something I, I very much wish I could reach into all of your hearts and have you feel this information in a deep way. And that is this. When we're talking about the potential for violence, here's what happens. We, our minds want to match our bodies. So when you're at home and you have more time than usual, your mind is, maybe your body starts to feel agitated, irritable. Maybe you really feel at dis-ease in your body. And so what happens, your mind starts to race to make up a story to match it. And when you're at home, that story becomes your loved ones. And now all of a sudden, a space that was supposed to be peaceful, sacred, now becomes a place of tension. Because here's what happens. We tell ourselves a story. We tell ourselves, if I feel agitated and irritable, it must be because of you. More than ever tonight, I would love to talk to you if that's the spot you're in, where you're starting to identify this is someone else. This is my family member. Because once we learn to deal with this, and honestly, this was the impetus for me wanting to do this show. I said, look, people aren't really taught how to deal with these emotions. And that's why we're going to deal with them tonight. 866-391-1020 is the number. I'm Dr. Christian Conti, joined by my wife, Kristen Conti. This is Emotional Management on KDKA Radio. Welcome back. I'm Dr. Christian Conti. This is emotional management. Now more than ever, my goodness, is this important? Is it important to, to deal with what is going on inside of you? 866-391-1020. Look, there are, if there's one message, if there's one moment that you listen to on this show, if there's one message that I can have everyone out there feel, it's this. We have a tendency to sit back and judge other people. We have a tendency to sit back and say, well, I would have done it differently. Well, I wouldn't have said that. Well, I wouldn't have done that. And whereas it can feel really good and comfortable to sit back and think about how we would have handled other situations or situations that are different from our own, it's important to set that judgment aside. My goodness, I'm so grateful. I'm, I feel blessed that I... that that I get to have a talk show, that I get to talk to people all out, all throughout the world. And to me, the message that if when I meditate and when I think about what can I reach in people's hearts and have them feel, it would be this. We have a tendency to judge. We judge when people are, wait a minute, what if we see someone out? Isn't there a stay-at-home order? But again, tonight on the show, my wife, Kristen, you made it all the way through traffic to be here with me. I appreciate that. It was rough. Thank you for having me. It was rough walking down the steps. But look, you mentioned something earlier today. And I, it's something like as soon as you said it, I was like, wow, this is definitely something I want to talk about on the show tonight. And that is this. Maybe someone, for instance, there are people who are still maybe going out to do home projects. 
Maybe they're going to Home Depot and there are people at home going, how dare they? Don't, why would they ever do that? And we can get caught up in our judgments, but you made a profoundly excellent point I'd love for you to share. Well, yeah, I, and I can't take full credit for that because I saw you know people talking about it. There are people that were maybe ordering paints or, or different things and doing some some yard work and different things. And um, we don't know what's going on with other people. We don't know if they struggle with addiction, whether they struggle with um, substantial depression. And we don't know if those things are you know, at this time, rescuing them from themselves. Um, you know, we're all worried about the coronavirus. We all worry about, you know, our, the things in the world that are different right now. But there are people who've struggled with substantial things before coming into this and them being isolated and away from maybe their groups. Um, if they struggle with addiction, being away from, you know, their, their normal meetings or their normal schedules that kind of keep them on, on the path that they want to be on. Uh, so they might be finding different ways to maintain their mental health at home. And, you know, regardless, everyone's doing the best that they can. Well, and maybe someone's out doing, getting, uh, something because they're getting something for someone else. Right. Like I think time and again, we come back to, it's easy to sit at home. And look, so my dad taught me this when I was young. He said, listen, in times of peace, art flourishes. Think about that. If you're in the middle of war, you don't have time to pull out a, a palette of paints and start to paint something. You don't, have, you don't have an opportunity to do that. But if there is peace, now you have a chance to pull out that canvas and create anything you want to create. In times of peace, art flourishes. But there's something else. When we're in the middle of this stuff, when we're in the middle of all these experiences that we have right now, we can have more time to create stories in our minds. And so when you're home a lot, there is a very natural tendency to let your mind wander and become in control of you rather than you in control of your mind. When that happens, you might see people doing something and say, well, they shouldn't be doing that. They should be doing this. Here's the piece that is extremely important to me to do this show. It's to say, look, there's one thing I've learned after working with thousands of people all over the world, more than 20, I lost count after 20,000 hours. And 20,000 hours of sitting down with people in cultures all over the world, I've learned this. We don't know the entirety of what people are going through. And so if anything, at a minimum, if you can reserve judgment, here's what it does for your mental health. Well, while you're sitting in judgment, there's an anger. There is a, there, there's really a, a sense of elitism of I wouldn't have done that and I wouldn't have said that. So how dare they? But when we can set that aside and love people, love people in the way that every major religion teaches then we start to feel a sense of peace. We start to feel a sense of psychological, what I would call purity, of being able to be completely at one with compassion and love for others. So if you're in a spot and you're struggling with judging people, maybe, you're, maybe you say, well, but there's a group of people or there's a person and I can't seem to get past this judgment please give us a call because we'd love to help you get through it. You, so one of the things you do, Kristen, you help people... When it comes to hypnotherapy, people get stuck in their thoughts. They play 
what what would we call the old tape over and over again, the same record over and over again. I guess today's kids, not even the CD, what do they say? They play the same <laughs> iTunes song over and over again. I have no idea. Yeah, whatever they say. But the truth is we do get stuck on that same tune over and over again. What do you do? How do you help people kind of get through, break that pattern? I, I think it's important first to acknowledge the pattern. Like this is my pattern. This is what I say. This is my uh, my narrative right now that I'm telling myself. So once you can highlight the narrative that you're telling yourself, then you can start to change the narrative um, with some specific things that you might have new um, goals for. So if your narrative is, you know, I'm stressed out, I'm anxious, I'm struggling, um, you know, this is my narrative. This is what I keep telling myself. And, you know, we always say what you tell yourself, um, it's, you're kind of planting that garden. And when you continually say those things over and over again, you're essentially watering that garden and it's growing. So what we do is we start to take out those thoughts, take out that narrative, highlight it, make people aware of what they're saying. And then you start to change the narrative. Realistically, you know, I'm, I'm safe in this moment. I'm okay. And focus on what we're in control of. So what am I in control of? I'm, I'm in control of what I think about, what I, how I react to certain situations. There will always be things that are outside of your control. Always. You can't control everything. We're on a spinning ball in the middle of outer space. You know, we have no, you know, there are things that we can't control. So what can we control? We control how we react to those things. We control what we say to ourselves. And we can control our narrative. So it's radio and you can't see my face out there but i'm i'm just i'm so i'm grateful because um for so many years like i've always been the person who gives the speeches gets on tv gets on radio and my wife has always been in my corner always backed me up a thousand percent and always given me insight to to relay to people and i'm so grateful to have you on this show right now because that that i want to go to that statement that you just made because i think this is something that can radically change every one of you out there when you repeat this phrase. Listen to this. This is my narrative. So what Kristen just said right there. This is my narrative. Think about what your narrative is. Because once you realize that the way you're describing your world is actually your narrative, you're the only one in control of writing that, which means you could rewrite it. You can redefine it in any way possible. For example, something that you and I have been doing and we've been highlighting and trying to uh, amplify is gratitude. Mm. We've been sitting in any moments of gratitude. If there is anything that we can recognize that we might have in this moment, we are just simply grateful. And it can radically shift your DNA when you start to live in that gratitude. And, and I get so excited about this because it's absolutely true. What you focus your intention on expands tremendously as soon as you put your intention and your focus onto something gratitude is the perfect thing i'm grateful for this breath i have in this moment i'm grateful you know that i'm you know in a home or you know i'm grateful that i have breath in my lungs i mean anything if you can find anything um many of us are, are have a lot to be thankful for um so just finding those things that you can be grateful for when you focus your intention and you know you focus everything on that it it just it flourishes and grows tremendously so we're going to focus on the things that you want to expand coming up and if you want to be a part of it if you want to talk to us give us a call 866 866- 
391-1020. We're going to answer a ton of your questions coming up. I'm Dr. Christian Conti, joined with my wife, Kristen Conti. This is Emotional Management on KDKA Radio. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Dr. Christian Conti, joined in studio, which is a.k.a. my house, <laughs> with my wife, Kristen Conti, certified hypnotherapist. Kristen, thanks for making the trip here. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. Again, the dogs got in the way, but I got here just in time. I love it. I love it. So I like to make uh, people aware of any kind of resources that you can use to get through these tough times. I think it's an important time to read as much as you can read. Um, what a, what an important, like the blessing in disguise. I'm always looking for the blessings in disguise. I try to look for the, not just the positives, but the possible. What can we do in this time? So my dad writes a blog called This Is Not Your Practice Life. Go to thisisnotyourpracticelife.com and you're going to check out like literally a probably a couple thousand blogs uh, that are phenomenal. Very well written. Super yeah, super well written. interesting. Yeah. So he wrote one called The New Flatland This Week. And I want to bring this to your attention. Let me throw the number out here real quick. If you want to talk, 866-391-1020. But I want to, I want to point this out. So he wrote a blog called The New Flatland. Now, do you remember uh, Edwin Abbott's book in 1884 called Flatland? It really was a story about these two-dimensional beings. We got into it was about going into this two-dimensional world. It was literally a flat land. So here was the point of his blog. And the reason why I'm going to call it to your attention, because I believe it has immediate and direct relevance to our lives right now. So here's the concept. In Flatland, it's jumping into this two-dimensional world. Think about your internet. Think about your screen on your phone, on your tablet, you're getting into a two-dimensional world. But here was his point. If Flatland really exists, where we are <laughs> jumping out of this three-dimensional world that we actually live in and jumping into this two-dimensional world, what if we did it and got fully involved in it? In other words, if we're going to be somewhere, instead of imagining ourselves somewhere else, Let's be fully present. So if you're online more now, it's okay, but be fully online right now. It's, it's probably more harmful to your psychological health to be online thinking, well, I should be doing this right now. Mm -hmm. Well, I should be doing something else. Like if you're doing it, do it, get involved, get fully involved because this is the new flatland where we're home more, where we're, where we're living through this two-dimensional world of the online world. But if that's the case, then so be it. But be it. Let, let's get really involved in that. It's always good to embrace where you are. So if that's, you know, if that's what you're doing, um, the only thing to be mindful of is obviously, you know, you're choosing the content that's coming to you. If you, you know, normally we're, we're out in the three-dimensional world and we're meeting people, we're at work, we're having meetings, that world kind of happens for us. This is a unique opportunity that you can control some of the content, you know, from the flatland that you're coming into contact with. So be mindful that the content is what you want to put in your psyche. It's what you want to take in. It's great to be informed and to watch the news, but maybe not 24-7 um, because there's, you know, taking that much in all the time can kind of be intense too. So I want to go with this part of it. I want to deviate the convert. I want to call it a point of departure because that's what my dad calls his blogs for this. 
Um, another blog that he wrote uh, years ago that stuck with me is this. Here's the core of it. I can't remember the name of the actual the blog entry, but here's the core of it. In 1922, the United States Geological Society said that we were basically going to run out of gas by the 1940s. And there were far fewer vehicles at the time, and there were there are obviously far more vehicles now. But we never did run out of gas. And we did run out of gas, and the U.S. Geological Society was off base. But the reason why they were off base was they didn't know what they didn't know. They didn't know what answers occurred around the bend. So to me, when well, you just mentioned right now, um, we're not out there in that three-dimensional world. What happens when we're in that three-dimensional world Maybe we run into someone who says something we didn't expect. They give us an answer we didn't really know, and it's beautiful for our brains, for our minds to be challenged, to be presented with things that we don't really know. But here we are in our own world, and we're picking the content. Like, you pick the news station you go to. You pick what you're choosing to look. And you might think, well, I'm waiting to see what they're telling me. But no, if you're picking the news outlet, if you're picking the website to go to, then you know what you're getting into. But when we're challenged in that three-dimensional world, we're challenged with things that we don't really know what's coming, which helps us grow. And I like what you just said. Be mindful about what you're tuning into because if you're not, you're not really going to be challenged to grow because you're just tuning into the same stuff that your confirmation bias tells you is correct. Yeah, and I think that you know once we get into that that groove of like our, our busy lives, we have things that maybe used to annoy us or used to things we used to struggle with, but they they would kind of course correct us, you know, into to staying focused and kind of staying the course. Um, and now that we don't have those things, uh, it's you might almost kind of deter from your, you know, your your track and, and maybe get off track. There's a there's a question that I I saw that we had that I liked. Um, it says, Dr. Conti, there's a saying that if you want something done, you give it to a busy person. Well, I was always that busy person that accomplished so much. Now, however, I have no schedule, and with everything going on, even though I have more time on my hands. I find myself less productive. Any advice? Anonymous. Okay, so this is this is important. Like we think with this time on our hands, what can happen is we can think, well, I have time, I'll get to it later. But it's really important to hold to a schedule. So for instance, I work for myself. I, I, I work from home normally. It's important for me to create my schedule. Look, I love this question. This is a question we gotta get to. We're gonna talk a lot about this coming up in the next hour, but I want to talk about anything that you have going on in the next hour. We'll definitely start with that question, but we're going to build on it. We're going to go from there. So if you're struggling, give us a call, 866-391-1020. I want you to know you're not alone. I want you to know that there's support, and we're willing to sit with you and talk, 866-391-1020. I'm Dr. Christian Conti. This is Emotional Management on KDKA Radio. Oh, yeah. Man, I love our producer, Ben, doing giving me a good lead-in music. I just wish I could give you some, uh, some lyrics to go with it. <laughs> <laughs> but I think we need this driving music because we have a lot of driving things going on, and, and, and we need to attack this together, and that's exactly what we're doing. 866-391-1020 is the number. 
If you want to be a part of the show, give us a call. 866-391-1020 is the number. We got time. We have time tonight. And I, I want to talk to you. I want to find out what's going on with you. I want to come back to the question that you you, you hit right before the... Yes, uh, I'll reread it. Um, it says, Dr. Conti, there is a saying that if you want something done, you give it to a busy person. Well, I was always that busy person that accomplished so much. Now, however... I have no schedule, and with everything going on, even though I have more time on my hands, I find myself less productive. Any advice? So I like the idea of having a schedule. I work for myself. So as a person who works for himself normally, who normally goes through every day, to me, seven days a week, you know, of all people in the world that I have to co-host this with me tonight... She can uh, vouch for the fact that I tend to work seven days a week. And I think at a, at one of the most effective ways to become productive at home is to create a schedule. Mm-hmm. So, like, I get dressed. I, I, I'll do my workout. I get dressed. I get showered. I get dressed. And I come down to my office. But I'm fully ready as if I would go out in, out in the world. Because now, when I get to my office, I definitely feel more connected to I'm at work and I'm about to be productive. I I think that's great. And I think it's, I, I do think that's very important to have, have that scheduled time because if you don't have that, um, a lot of times when, you know, that, that expression that she, you know, or that the, the caller says is that, you know, if you have something, you want something done, you give it to a busy person. Oftentimes we don't have time to think about what we're going to, you know, when we're going to fit this in, we're so busy, you just have to do it now. So I think when you have time to think about it, and you have time to think, I wonder if I should do this now, if I should do this later, if I should, you know, make these calls now, I guess I can do it tomorrow. Then that opens up a whole new, you know, your mind is taking up so much more of the time than just getting the work done. But to me, the shift occurs when we move from what am I supposed to do So what do I want to do? So no one on planet Earth wakes me up in the morning. No one on planet Earth says to me, hey, why don't you meditate and try to say something uh, conscious to the whole world? No one tells me what to do with that. I do that because I am internally driven to do it. I do it because it's my life's passion to impact the world in the most effective way possible. And I think what happens is a lot of people right now, if you're at home, you might still be moving or vibing on those lines of, hey, what am I supposed to do? Tell me what to do. And what I would love to empower you to feel is this. It's not about what you're supposed to do. It's about what do you want to do? How do you want to impact the world? How do you want to be best at your job? Because then when your mindset is that, now you are, you are not bound by anything except the limits of your own imagination. I think that's so important. It's so important. And I think when you find your why, you know, then that, then that gives you all the momentum in the world. So your why before may have been, well, I have to do it now because I have no other time to do it. And so you might, you might during this time, and again, this is temporary, but it's your new normal. So it might be good right now to find your new why. Why, do, why am I doing this? And it might give you a bigger perspective for your life in general. You know, there is, it might give you more purpose into what you're doing rather than just, I'm busy, I need to get this done. There's a, you know, maybe use this time to connect with 
the purpose of what you're doing, the why that you're doing things. Yeah, so so I'm, uh, Simon Sinek is wonderful for her teaching teaching the world about once you know your why, then believe me, you will find the how. Mm-hmm. And and I, and I speak about this to young people all the time, but this message doesn't just apply to young people in school anymore. This applies to all of us, and that is. If you understand why you're pursuing knowledge, why you're pursuing anything. So let's say we're talking to young people. A lot of parents out there, a lot of you out there are homeschooling your children right now. Or, right. Or, New you know, experience, right. first time. Yeah, definitely so difficult. As a teacher, maybe you've never been a teacher before, something that can radically shift the way you communicate information is to communicate to your children what's the reason, like why, why. So I used to say to my students, I was a tenured professor. I loved teaching. And I would say to my students all the time, here's how you can know what kind of students you are. Anyone, and I love it, will, the, the best students at least ask why. Why are we learning this? Come on, Dr. Conti, why do we need to know this stuff? And I used to say, I love that question. And if you're asking that question, you're a better student. But here's how you get to be the best student. You actually pursue an answer to that. In other words, tell me why, and let's figure out why. So why do you want to know what you're studying? Why do you want to know what you're doing? Once you find your why, the how falls into place. Yeah, once you have you know, that why, then you can make it applicable to the lesson that you're learning. So maybe if your kids are learning math, they're in elementary school, they're learning math. Why do I need to know this? So giving them a, a source or, a, you know, a reason of how they can apply this to their life and, and make it their, you know, their why, their how, makes the, the information connect that much more. So let's come back to our question. Let's come back to this question about, I don't have a schedule, so I have more time on my hands, but I find myself less productive. Here's the advice. Here's the advice for you. So... Let's figure out for you what it is exactly that you want to do. And the reality is that you might find that you can accomplish your schedule much more quickly than if you were at work. In other words, maybe at work you realize, hey, I got eight hours here and I'm going to talk to my colleagues a little bit of time, which is great. We need that time, right? We need that time. That's wonderful. But maybe at work you're talking to your colleagues for a bit of time. Maybe you're planning a lunch. Whereas if you sit down at your desk at work with no one, no distractions, you might really be done with your work significantly faster than if you were at work. And then your question is, well, well, then what do I do or how do I do it now? But again, if you're only thinking task to task, you're probably going to struggle at times when you're not really sure why you're doing that task. But my advice to you, and again, this is an anonymous uh, question, so I'm sorry I don't have your name, but bec- but when my advice to you is this, find your why. Find out why you're doing it. Why are, why are you doing this? And I'm not saying why as in the, the teenager with a bunch of angst saying, why do we got to do this? I'm saying why? Because once you know your why... <laughs> My goodness, I, 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 I say this a lot to young people. I can't even fathom what it means to be bored. I don't even know what that means. I don't even know what that means. And I'm sure as a child, as a young person, I felt that. But I have no feeling toward that whatsoever because my why is how can I impact the most amount of people all over the world? 
And I need every moment of every day to do that. I think once you find your why, you're really going to fulfill, you're going to feel fulfilled. And that's what we want to pursue. So find your why. If you're struggling with that, give us a call, 866-391-1020. Again, I'm Dr. Christian Conti, and this is Emotional Management on KDKA Radio. Welcome back. I'm Dr. Christian Conti. This is Emotional Management. I'm joined in the studio, a.k.a. my house, <laughs> with my wife, Kristen Conti. So, Kristen, thanks for being on the show tonight. Thank you for having me. I know you had many choices, but I'm the one that lives with you. So many, many options. <laughs> no, I, listen, this is it's wonderful. I feel blessed to be able to do this with you. Look, I would like to kind of highlight how much people are going through and we don't really realize it. My sister is one of the toughest people you'll ever meet. And, you know, it's interesting because I'm in the media a little bit more, so I get a little bit more spotlight or, or credit for things that I do. But I have family members that go through so much and there's not highlight or spotlight on it. So I'm going to spotlight my sister for a minute. She's one of the toughest people I know. She fell the other day playing basketball with her children. She got hurt. But she didn't go to the hospital because she thought, well, I don't want to take away resources from people who are struggling. And to think about that mentality, think about that mindset to say, I don't want to go in because I care about other people. I care about them and not taking up their resources. So I think that's powerful and beautiful. I want to find a way to say this in two directions. One I need, I need to highlight. I'm proud of my. I'm proud of my big sister. I think she's just a tough human being, and she goes through a lot. Wonderful human being. But the other piece I want to highlight is this: there are many of you out there who are struggling with the normal things that you struggle with. Remember, I talked about what Dr. Gandhi said, which was if. Look, allergy season is up right now. There are a lot of people out there. I I feel allergies, so I can I can I can bring this to my foreground. You might be feeling allergies and, and, and different things, and you think, well, I'm not going to go. Well, I normally would have gone to the doctor, but I'm not right now. So I, I feel conflicted in many ways because one way I want to say to you, look, if this is an emergency, I really hope you know you can still go in. No one's saying you can't go in if it's an emergency. But I also want to highlight just the struggle that people go through on a daily basis. It's, again, why I'm so profoundly passionate about people not judging each other because you have no idea what other people are going through. Someone could be going through such significant pain but never tell you a word about it. And if that's what's happening, and then that is what's happening in so many cases for so many people, so many people are going through so much. So look, you're at home more, you have more time, more time to think about stuff. And what happens is when you're in a situation with a crisis, anytime there's fear, anxiety, we cling to stories that make sense. So first, our mind races for things to talk about. So we might say, well, uh, this person shouldn't be doing this. This person shouldn't be doing that. But then the other piece of that is this. We have a tendency when we're in that moment to think, I would be doing it differently. I would be doing it better. But I think it's important for us to be patient with each other. And you say that all the time. Like, and, and sometimes when there's a struggle or something going on, 
people tend to look for uh, something to blame. Like, well, I'm, I'm upset, I'm struggling, I'm going through things. Um, it helps me if I can be angry or upset at this person or th this thing. You know, it kind of makes it easier to have something to be, to, to kind of give your so it's an angst or energy to. It's an anger target. It's yes. an, I call it an anger Okay, target. that's a good term. I like it. Yeah, so the anger, thank you. <laughs> it's an anger target. <laughs> and I call it an anger target because here's what happens. If we can put our anger on a singular spot, my goodness, then we can channel our energy toward that. And we don't have to focus on all that unknown, all those extraneous variables for which we cannot account. So we give ourselves an anger target. Yeah. And we talked about that before. Then sometimes when we have that anger target, that becomes our narrative. Yes. And when, you know, we have that new narrative, you know, we're, sometimes you have to really be careful because your whole world can get caught up in this story that may not even be real. You could be really upset with someone and channeling all of your anger and frustration over something um, that you assumed. And you could be completely off. And if you actually had a moment to talk to that person and that you were judging and see their struggle and understand what they were going through and see their side of the box, then your whole narrative would change. So don't go too far in your own direction, your own narrative, just being upset about something when you don't have all the, all the pieces of information in the whole story. So growing up, I used to love Cat uh, Stevens. Uh, my dad introduced me to Cat Stevens, and uh, he wrote a song called Hard-Headed Woman. He says, <laughs> I'm looking for a hard-headed woman, one who will make me do my best. And when I find my hard-headed woman, I know that the rest of my life will be blessed. Well, I've found my hard-headed <laughs> woman. Uh, she's sitting next to me. And um, there's something that you say, and you say it frequently, but it's such a blessing. It's such a beautiful blessing. But this statement on what you focus on expands. So to give you an inside uh, uh, view of what it's like to live with Kristen, I mean, if something's going on, she will highlight that in a very conscious way and say, listen, be mindful that what you focus on expands. And I love that you do that. And you, you, you kind of hold my feet to the fire with that because it helps me realize I need to be mindful of my thoughts at all times. And I think that's the key, the key for so many people out there, what you focus on expands. So let's take that anger target for a minute. If that's your focus, you're just going to continually get more and more aggressive, even in your own mind. And so be mindful that what you focus on expands. It's so powerful. Yeah. What you focus on expands. So, you know, you say this too, like if you're going into Starbucks or something and you're going to order a drink, you don't just walk in and say, I'm thirsty, get me something. Right. You know, you, you're, you know, especially with Starbucks, it's very specific. It's two pumps of this and, you know, a little shot of that. It's What's my order at Starbucks? <laughs> I will not repeat it on the air. <laughs> you feel like I'll lose a lot of credibility it's, if you hear all the things that go It's a fancy drink. We'll just leave it at that. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it's, it's very true. Be very precise about how you communicate to the universe. Be very precise in your thoughts. And if you... If you really want something and, you know, your, your thoughts and what's going to expand, if, if, you know, if someone were to highlight your thoughts all day long, if, if your thoughts at the end of the day were, were going to paint a picture, would that picture be beautiful in a place that you wanted to live or would it be kind of a negative, angry place? And if, you know, it's a negative, angry place, you might want to think about changing your thoughts up a little bit and make maybe a 
a prettier painting at the end of the day. I don't think there's a better way to say that. I think that's brilliantly said. You're right. Our thoughts are painting a picture. So here's what I want you to do. Right now, I want you to imagine that whatever thoughts you're having right here, right now, they're painting a picture. And ask yourself, when you look at these thoughts down in paint, is it beautiful? Is it ugly? Is it tumultuous? Tumultuous? What is it? When Because your thoughts, this is your narrative. What you're focusing on is expanding and you are creating your reality by the things that you're saying to yourself. If you find that your inner world is filled with turmoil, with angst, then it's time to paint a new picture. It's time to focus on what you want. So what is it that you want? And a lot of times, you know, this is an opportunity that, you know, and not all of us are at, at home or quarantined. Some people that, you know, I want to say a huge thank you to are out in the community still doing tremendous service and a great job. But for those of us at home, you know, maybe we're used to getting up and getting ready and, you know, putting ourselves together a little bit. We put effort into that external appearance. Um, but this is maybe use this time to, to reflect and really see what kind of picture that you're painting you know, just by your thoughts and, and what you're saying to yourself, your internal narrative and what you're saying, what do your insides look like? Yeah, I think this is super, super important. If you're struggling with that or saying, how do I get this? How do I figure out, how do I change that narrative around? Give us a call, 866-391-1020. But I'm going to give you insight regardless. Here's how, here's how you can reset your internal dialogue. Here's how you can... I don't know, freshen up the paints with which you're going to paint the picture <laughs> of your thoughts. But here's how you can Add do a it. happy little tree over Happy little <laughs> tree. My happy little tree is a phrase I call loving kindness. When my thoughts get the best of me, when the world is, is troublesome, when I encounter some of the obstacles I encounter, what I find for me personally is to repeat the phrase loving kindness. I use that as a reset. I say it so much. Until my brain feels it, loving kindness. But you need to find the phrase that's right for you. And if you need help trying to figure that out, give us a call, 866-391-1020. I'm Dr. Christian Conti. we got a whole bunch more coming up on Emotional Management on KDK Radio. We're back. I'm Dr. Christian Conti. It's your weekly checkup from the neck up. Joining me tonight is my wife, Kristen. Hello. How'd you make it here all the way to the studio? Uh, it was touch and go, but uh, to walk into the room. And was... in case you're drop, joining us late, we're broadcasting from home. so Like everyone. Yeah, like everyone. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we have a question. Uh, the question says, Dr. Conti, what can I do to get out of my rut? I feel like it's Groundhog's Day every day. I have three kids, 9, 11, and 13 arguing with the kids every day to get them up and to do their homework, do chores. Everything seems so hard right now. I want to look back on this uh, extra time with them in a positive way, but right now it's just not positive. Please help. Thank you from Judy. So Judy, thank you so much for your question. I had a, I had an experience this past week where uh, I had someone come up to me and, and they, they said this lesson resonated with them. So I want to share it with you. So we have uh, we went to Disney World when we've gone a couple times, uh, and we went when our daughter was very young. Let's say I think the first time that she could like walk old enough was like four years old. So she was four years old. We we're at Disney World, and 
You think about the crowd that is at Disney World. It's so, so crowded. So as with every parent, we were concerned, like, hey, listen, this is a crowded place. We don't want to have our daughter dart off and go somewhere else. But as a child, what are you thinking? As a child, you just want to kind of go wherever you see something shiny. That's natural. So it's our job as parents to kind of set the tone. Here's what I did. We The first time when we got there, what we did was this. We remember vividly looking at the crowd and stopping and getting down on the knee and saying to our daughter, hey, honey, does it look not crowded or very crowded? And she'd say, very crowded. Okay, and do you think if you started to run away from us, do you think it would be easy to find you or hard to find you? hard to find you. And do you think that we would be happy if we couldn't find you or would we all be pretty scared? We'd be pretty scared. Yeah, so do you think it's a good idea to take off running away from us or do you think it's a better idea to stick around us? And she said, stick around us. So I shared this story with uh, uh, an officer this past week and the officer came up to me and he said, I got to tell you something. That lesson has changed the way I interact with my son. He said, I used to just holler at my son, like, why aren't you doing this? But what I realized when I thought about that story was, even though my son's a little older, maybe I could sit down and explain to him why I'm asking him to do the things I'm doing. I gave him a high five. I said, my man, that's exactly it. When we can stop and give our children a sense of why we're doing what we're doing, so, Judy, my thought to you is right now you're battling day in, day out because I'm not sure everybody understands the whole mission. Like, why are they getting up? Why are they doing home? Why are they doing this? Now, I'm not saying that there's not a reason why. Matter of fact, I absolutely and absolutely believe there is a reason why. But what I would invite you to do is explain that reason. Let's sit back. Let's talk about why. So we, we've even said that. You and I have said that with our daughter. Like, uh, Kristen, you, you specifically told our daughter, like, when you, you're going to wake up, you're going to get dressed because you're going to feel better. You're going to feel like you're ready to work. Yeah, and I think it's really important to, to, um, to just be able to say to them, maybe not in the time that they're tired. Like, you shouldn't talk about the morning routine in the morning when the first 30 seconds of them opening their eyes, because then... <laughs> so the defense, that's, such, that's such great advice. <laughs> the defense mechanisms are already up. They're already coiling back into, <laughs> under their blanket, and it starts off the day on the wrong foot. So if you can do that the night before and say, you know what, I really want to have better days with you know my kids. I want to have better days with you guys. How can I make tomorrow better? What can I do? And how can I talk to you in a way that you're going to listen? Because I don't like the way that we're communicating right now. I don't like that I'm you struggling and, and yelling at you guys to get up. I don't like that I'm telling you when to do your homework. I don't like being put in this position. There are things that need to get done. Um, and so how do we get that together and how do we, you know, make this work? And how do we get all, all get on the same page again? Not 30 seconds after opening the eyes, but how do we all get on the same page so that we can work as a team? Everybody has a role and everybody's responsible for the energy that they're bringing to the table. I just feel like with that type of insight, the world's going to start seeing why you're my secret weapon <laughs> in everything <laughs> I do. It's so true. You don't want to wake your child up and be like, you're almost always running behind, Judy. So I would say... 
it, I, I know it feels overwhelming. I know it feels like it's difficult to stop, pause, and explain. But I promise you that if you stop, pause, and explain, and you really have your children, and not get it as fast as you get it, but really sit with them until they understand it, boy, it makes all the difference. Hey, let's go to our phone lines. And Carol Ann, we, we, uh, welcome to Emotional Management. Good morning, God. Good night, God. How are you? Um, sorry, we lost that caller, but let's let's come back to this idea. I love what you just gave about let's not wake our children up with um, all, all the reasons why. Hey, wake up! Oh, by the way, did you do school? Did you do this? Did you do that? Right, and we start right. attacking them from the moment they wake up. Yeah, you wake up sometimes in a certain energy, and it's just kind of you know they they call it waking up on the wrong side of the bed <laughs> for a reason. So if you you know you don't want your kids to really from the from that first moment. And you don't want to talk about those first moments and how you're starting the day in those moments. So, yeah, I would definitely recommend getting the kids together when they're fed, when they're awake, um, homework's done. There's, you know, you're kind of off together for the evening. Sit down, have some fun, have some downtime. Maybe start off a conversation asking them, you know, what's going on? How are you guys adjusting to doing the homeschooling? Are you having a hard time staying on task? And I think a little bit of validation goes a long way. Sometimes we're in parent mode and we just think this is what needs done. Everybody just needs to get this done. And if we can hold a space for a minute and and talk to the kids about, you know, their whole lives change. Everything Mm -hmm. got completely flipped upside down. So just even taking a little bit of time to acknowledge like, look, this completely, you know, is, is different now. And I, that has to be hard. Like it has to be hard for you to, you know, if there are adults that are having trouble, you know, staying motivated and staying on task, of course, kids would also have that same issue. So maybe sitting, having them be able to voice their opinion, and maybe they can even come up with some fun and creative ways to, uh, you know, to, to say, you know, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to get up to this song. We're going to, you know, have a couple minutes to dance, you know, get ready for our day. Um, I'm going to, my goal is to get my homework done by this time. And if we do get our homework done by this time, this is kind of the reward. We'll have maybe something, do something special or fun. We'll okay, but, but, but wait, let me, let me stop you here for a minute because I hear what I have heard before when I've described this that you're teaching. I've heard this from people where they say, oh, your house is peaceful, so you can do all that. I could never do all that. And here's the problem. When you start to give yourself excuses right away for why you can't do this, it might relieve you temporarily. You might get to say, well, see, I have these reasons why I can't do this. And again, I think what you just highlighted right there in terms of people, it's okay to be valid. I want to validate. It's hard. It's not easy. But I promise you, it is possible. And so when you're struggling with so much and you feel like there's so much, I can never do this. (sighs) Let me invite you to take a deep breath. Because what you just described, Kristen, is achievable. It's doable. It's taking a moment, taking a breath, and saying, all right, what do we have in front of us? Right. And it's, it's coming up again with that, that new narrative. Um, our dog just joined us for a second. If you hear some heavy breathing, it's not us. It's our, our St. Bernard, Bernard who Marley, came up to say hello. Marley is beautiful and loving and she sending says love to the airwaves. <laughs> 
<laughs> so, <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. So, so definitely, I think it's important to, um, you know, to have that schedule and have that time. And again, if your narrative is that couldn't be happening in my house, it's, you know, that sounds nice. That sounds like a great idea. Change your narrative. Like, yeah, I, I can sit in the evening and talk yes. to my kids. Of course I can do that. We can sit down and have this conversation. They might even come up with some nice new creative ways, you know, to, to have this schedule change. So let, let's do it. Let's get together as a family. Let's make this work. Yeah, let's make it work. Look, it doesn't have to be perfect. I, I read an article today where someone was saying, look, we can't be perfect. How am I supposed to be perfect? No one's asking you to be perfect. We're asking you to give the best you can. But it, more than anything tonight on this show, right here, right now, we're asking you to be mindful, to take a moment to explain maybe the bigger picture. Maybe if you explain the bigger picture, your children will be more really receptive. Who doesn't want a more peaceful day? Exactly. Right. They all do. I'm sure they don't want to be. I'm glad you said it that way, because the truth is I'm always saying, hey, I wish you much peace. My life is centered on peace. But uh, it's, it's about saying that if we can focus on that, we have a better chance to achieve it. And if you're struggling and you want to talk 866-391-1020, there is still time we still got more to get to. I'm Dr. Christian Conti. She's Kristen Conti. This is Emotional Management on KDKA Radio. Hey, we're back. I'm Dr. Christian Conti. Look, this is a tough time. It's a tough time for everyone. My hope is that we're a little more patient with each other, a little bit more patient than maybe even normal. We've got a lot going on, and people have more going on than what you readily see. I've always framed it as terms of a box. For instance, if we stood in front of a box, we could only see one, maybe two sides at the most. The other sides are going to be out of our vision. And I love this analogy. I love it so much because I look at the box as the human mind. There was always more to people than what we see. And here's a way to recognize that. Think about your own life. Think about your own life. When people assume that they know everything that's going on with you, you and you alone know, wait a minute, you have no idea of everything that's going on, even in my own mind, let alone all the obstacles I encounter in my daily life. And if that's true of you, it is also true of everyone else. I've seen it. I've seen it time and again for over 20 years Everyone has a story. There is more to everyone's lives than what we see. For instance, this is a radio show. You can't see Kristen and me right now. And you can't see our German Shepherd Bear. It is a possibility, since we're recording from home, you're hearing him pant. And I apologize <laughs> for that. But it is, oh, it is a his world. So I want to go to the questions because... There's a really important question that, and I don't have the name on this. Um, uh, it says, bro, when I get into an argument with my mom, she gets mad at me for sighing, but I'm literally just letting my anger out. What am I supposed to do? So there's far too many letters and characters in this name to know what it, the name part it says, but I love this question. It's, again, when I get in an argument with my mom, she gets mad at me for sighing, but I'm literally just letting my anger out. So here's the lesson I want to share from this question. It's a great question. People see your actions 
not your intentions. You may very well just be sighing, letting out a breath. But think about that from her eyes. What does your mom see? Does she see a little bit of you rolling your eyes in that sigh? And if she does, how might she interpret that? How might you even expect her to interpret that? Let's flip it and think about you interacting with someone else. So you say whatever it is that you want to say to that person, and the only thing you see behaviorally is that person <gasps> sighing. What does that do to you? Listen, understanding the concept that people see your actions, not your intentions, is psychologically freeing because here's what happens. Of course you can justify, rationalize, and explain that while you were sighing, you really were blank. But the great thing about understanding this is that all your mom sees is sighing. It's not a matter of right and wrong and good and bad. That's not what this is about. It's about stimulus and response. It's about making a statement, a communication, whether that's sighing, rolling your eyes, or using words. It's you saying something and then that communicating a message to others. Please hear this. That's all communication. It's all communication. So when you sigh, you're communicating to your mom, whether you mean to be or not, or don't mean to be or not, people see your intentions just like you see too, just like you see too. Yeah. And I think it's important, like when you said, you know, it's, it's all about communication. Go ahead. Yeah. It's just you know, whether you're doing it non-verbally or verbally. So if you feel like you have to sigh, if that's a way that you express yourself and the, the way that you let out anger, then, you know, definitely breathe and sigh, but maybe follow it up with, oh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of letting out some energy right now. It's not personal. I'm not frustrated with you. So add to the communication. Don't just say one thing don't, or don't just sigh and say, it's not, I'm just breathing. Sometimes when you say that, it's, right. you know, and here's the underlying message. So the question, I feel like the, the, the person writing in on this question is, is, is saying this, here's the underlying thought. She shouldn't interpret my size as anything negative, but that's cartoon world. I talk all the time about the difference between cartoon world and real world. Cartoon world is the world, the way we think it should be. And real world is the way the world actually is. So you might think she shouldn't interpret this sigh as X, but the reality is she interprets, interprets your sighing just as you would interpret someone else's sighing. And that's so important to understand. People see your actions, not your intentions. Say that one more time. People see your actions, not your intentions in life. It will never, ever, ever matter what you meant to do or didn't mean to do, it'll only ever matter what you actually do. That's so big. So then if you if you do that and you t only talk about your intentions, then you're kind of minimizing the other person's experience. Yeah. And you're kind of saying like, this was, you know, this it was nothing, it was this. And it, so now the person not only got side at, but they feel completely unheard and it just creates more and more attention. Exactly. That's what that's what it yeah. is. So that's communication. Just communicate. I'm sighing, I'm letting some you know, some you might want to rethink the sighing, do you think? It's possible because here's what happens. If we unconsciously do it and it really isn't in our conscious control, 
then it's worth taking a moment to realize maybe it is. Maybe this is just a natural response that we get. But it comes back to, again, what's your cartoon world? If your cartoon world is, she shouldn't be saying this. So for you, for your mom, when you say, well, she gets mad at me. Well, she shouldn't have. No, that's all should. Well, especially now you know it's coming. If I sigh, I make my mom angry. So if you already know going into the experience and the interaction that what you're doing that's your way of relieving stress is going to make her mad, maybe pick another way to relieve stress or preface it, communicate. Hey, listen, every single week we're here. Kristen, thank you for coming on the show again. Thank you so much for having me. I hope you can drive home safely tonight. I will arrive home safely. Thank you. You're already home. That's excellent. (laughs) Hey, thank you so much for tuning in. I appreciate you listening every week from all over. Would love for you to participate in the show. Call in, write in anytime. Look, the world's not easy, but I ask you to be patient. Be patient with yourself. Be patient with others. Until next time, as always... I wish you much peace. I'm Dr. Christian Conti. This is Emotional Management on KDK Radio.